everybody, welcome to episode welcome 207. 207. Dylan just did some math for me. Uh, it was very impressive to watch, like in real time. And uh, he decided that next episode is actually our four year anniversary because if you divide 208 by four, that's 52. And there's 52 weeks in a year. It's not impressive math. It was super <laughs> impressive, Colby. Like you, you, do don't... you do 50 times four and then you do two times four. I am dumb as shit at math and I, I... can do that in my head. I agree with you, but the number of times I have impressed um, Cliff with math is quite often. <laughs> I'm not great like, at math. I, I am the worst person in math. I can barely do simple math. Like, you ask me to divide two numbers that are, like, difficult, and you're not getting it. But you're like, wow, he did, he did four times five, and then four times two. Have you two, thought that maybe I was, it was, you know, first of all, just theater of the mind, and that second of all, I was just trying to, like, boost Dylan's self-esteem a little bit? And he's also trying to just make a setup that it's our four-year anniversary, I think. But That was really was all I was to, trying to do. He was trying to give me some credit. Um, Jeez. But I am very good at math. You are very but, good at math. You uh, know what math I'm super good at is percentages of things, because I worked retail for long enough. I like that, pie. Yeah, well, no, it was because people would go like, this thing's 27 50 and it's 22 percent off how much does that make it and eventually if you do that enough times you get pretty good at it you get so, pretty good at it yeah, yeah. yeah i'm well, pretty well, good at percentages. i'm not subscribed to bite me podcast go me what i don't know why i, I have That's been in rude. the past oh like the like the podcast itself yeah i don't, well, you know. don't listen so well i don't but like i don't know why it's not my feet because i was gonna go look when your first episode was yeah, I That's you know weird. I I it's think it was I I'm I'm pretty sure it was November fifteenth, two thousand sixteen. You'd um, be wrong. It was crazy. November seventeenth, two thousand sixteen. Oh. I think okay. that's what you said close. a minute ago. I was close. I knew it was a Pre- day before. Morning. Yeah, I knew it was a day before my birthday or a day after. I just wasn't sure which. Um, Can we get a it, Twitter beef or something with the Bite Me U of A CS Club? Uh, podcast yeah like they because they decided to name their podcast bite me like three and a half years after we started ours i don't think they're active though they're last not. time i checked yeah they, they did like four and then went away so mm. i don't know we should actually talk about video games or something though um we, we could are, talk about math we could talk about math i did the quadratic equation yesterday for the first time in Ooh, quite a while i did helping. that last year helping people with homework yeah it was that, great that's also what i was doing when i was in high school i just yeah. wrote a program on my calculator that did the quadratic equation yeah. for me that was absolutely the right way to do that so anyway math. uh we're gonna talk about video games we're gonna talk about some games we've played uh, we're gonna talk about todd howard talking about starfield we're gonna talk about uh ubisoft coming to luna and Man, this might be actually what saves Stadia. Like, I see this as a very positive thing. Probably not, but maybe. Uh, Overwatch is <laughs> using machine learning to fight toxicity. So they're using AI that eventually probably will become sentient and kill all of us. But for the <laughs> Wait, meantime... Do you remember what happened the last time they, like, used AI for anything? That is just going to turn into, like, I don't know, a fascist dictator of another country somehow. I'm hoping that the machine learning they're using is smarter than that. But, yeah, machine learning... <laughs> When you use machine learning to learn about racists, it's shocking how often machine learning becomes racist. It's real every, weird. Every time they do that on Twitter, like, we made a, a Twitter thing that you can interact with, and it learns from you, and, like, 14 minutes later, it's, you know, screen name is somehow, like, Hitler did nothing wrong, and it's using the N-word constantly. Could, could use a 14, too. That would I, be know, I know. I uh, know. In case you're wondering why video games have microtransactions, we'll be talking about that. Uh, CD Projekt Red. Did you know that Project is spelled with a K in CD Projekt Red's name? 
Yes. Yes. Did you know that Google will automatically fix that for you? <laughs> I typed That's CD Project impressive. Red and I spelled Project Right, and it's like, I think you screwed this up. I'm like, I don't. Maybe I did. did what if anyway. I wanted it the other way? Did you know I was like, I don't know, 32 when I learned that the Beatles spelled their name wrong and it was because it like popped up with a little red line under it? And I went, huh. Oh, yeah. Beat. Did you, did you know that they named themselves after Buddy Holly's uh, band, The Crickets? Because they thought it was funny to name their band after an insect? I don't know. Anyway, uh, CD Projekt Red's stock is in a nosedive, and I'm not really all that disappointed about that. Uh, Friday the 13th is getting its final update, which is kind of a bummer, um, but there's like some there's a silver lining on that. Like I actually really like what they're doing there, so we'll talk about that too. We got questions there, from Vinny. Yes? There's actually a silver lining that I don't know if you wrote down in there, and when we get to it, I will bring it up. Excellent. All right. Uh, we got questions from Vinny, the Dons, Princess Megan, Princess Megan again, Princess Mansocks, like actually... Princess Mansocks uh, formulated this week what I will call the pancake part of our podcast. So you have that to look forward to. Questions from Princess Mansocks, Alan S., and Big Chappie, all about pancakes. Uh, we got some cheap free games from the Epic Game Store, Games with Gold, Twitch Prime, and we got a troll corner. We threw CD Projekt Red's uh, boss in there because he's a bag of crap. So, you know, that's what we do. Anyway, Dylan, you... You did not play any games this week. Um, and so what we challenged Dylan to do is Colby uh, put the cover to a Nintendo game called Karnov uh, in our in our document that we use to run this show. And Dylan is going to tell you what kind of game Karnov is based entirely upon its cover. Dylan? It is actually a fantastic Data East game, um, which is uh, the greatest console of all time. Um is that true? No, no, that's not a console. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a Data it. East is a is a developer. See, this developer. is this is going well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good joke. Uh, uh, um, it is a Data East arcade hit, actually. But true. Karnov um, features Gustavo Karnov, um, who is the main character, who rocks a fantastic. Um, mustache. I can't remember what these ones are called. Which, um, would you like to know the character's actual name? No. Uh, um, <laughs> cause, and cause, he has great. He has great pants. He does have great pants because it's yeah. Jinbarov Karnovsky. Oh, I was close. I was a G. Um, but this is actually like a. Uh, um, it's kind of like a a uh, metal slug, but with dinosaurs. And it is fantastic. Um, you actually don't use guns, though. You throw daggers um, constantly. Just all the time. Yeah. All right. Swing so, and miss. Yeah. So I'm going to actually read to you the Wikipedia entry for Karnov. Uh, the game puts the bulging, muscled, fire-breathing East Russian ex-circus strongman hero on a quest through nine different levels to search for the ultimate treasure. However, between him and the treasure are several horrendous monsters, including sword-wielding monks, dinosaurs, djinn, hopping fishmen, gargoyles, tree monsters, will-o'-wisps, rock creatures, centipede women, and ostrich-riding skeleton warriors. Karnov can walk, jump, and shoot to make his way through these levels and find special items that help him. Acquiring red orbs can upgrade Karnov until he shoots three fireballs at a time. The end of each level has one or more bosses, which he must defeat to receive a new piece of a treasure map. The end of the game features a powerful boss called The Wizard, who defends the last map piece that leads to the treasure. I own Karnov on NES. I was very close. 
It is a really weird game because I rem I I don't we never owned it um, as kids, um, but we rented it more than once, which is uh -huh. weird because I don't remember it being like spectacularly no, good either. It's not. <laughs> it's also hard as hell. It's super hard, like really, really, really hard. Uh, let's see the reception of that game. Uh, it uh, it did pretty okay. Kar uh, Karnov is also in a ton of uh, Data East games. Like I think he pops up in like bad dudes and stuff. Is usually like a bad guy or kind of like a lookalike Karnov. Yeah, it, it was scored in like the seventies and eighties. But I guess uh, for your your information, Data East was like probably one of the biggest video game companies of the like late seventies and eighties. They made over hundred and fifty games before they went bankrupt in two thousand three. So there you go. All right. So that's uh, what Dylan didn't play. Um, do you like that alternate cover there? Oh, that's Colby has a Data East little teeny mini uh, arcade machine. That alternate cover where uh, Karnov's head doesn't look like he has a neck, like they just like stuffed a, a head and kind of pushed it down into him is, is excellent. So, all right, Cole, do you want to talk about uh, what you're playing? I do. So badly. It's a lot shorter um, list than it has been the last couple of weeks. Are you okay? Yeah, I played Sword Art Online as well. I just didn't do it oh, very sure. much. Sure, I, sure. I, I like that game, but every Sword Art Online has this problem with, um, like, hey, what if we have, like, 40 minutes of conversation? Oh, yeah. Kind of deal. Jam. Um, I'm still in the tutorial. I'm like 12 hours in. <laughs> or at least like I'm still getting vague tutorial things. And sure. I'm like 12 hours in. And I would say 11 of that has been talking with like an Ooh. hour of it being like, oh, hey, I'm actually like swinging a sword. Um, and I want to play it, but... I also just want to kill things with a sword and not yeah, yeah. not talk about stupid things that I don't really care about. I'm not really a big fan of games that have massive cutscenes or massive talking bits. Like I like games that have a story and I like games that have characters that you like interact with, but I'm not real big on like just talking and talking and talking and talking. And well, talking. that's I've played three Sword Art Online games now, um, and the first one I played was Fatal Bullet, and it had that, but no, yeah. it didn't seem like it was as much. Um, and the uh, other one I played on the Switch was just a lot of talking, and but like there was also like a lot of you know I'm gonna go fight things and stuff and this one just there uh, so far i just haven't hit a lot of fighting stuff it's just been mostly talking um That's not great so i did um that thing to help the kids this weekend extra life, extra life. there we go um i did extra life this weekend and I played mostly cardo which is a game that just hit game pass and Cardo is delightful. Um, <laughs> you play a, a little girl who falls out of an airship and you land on a strange land. And you have the ability, so like, let's say you have five map pieces. You have the ability to move those map pieces in any direction. Or, I mean, so you can, you know, turn them around, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rotate them. Clockwise, counterclockwise. Um, 
and then you can put those together together with your other map pieces. Um, and in doing this, it may create like, oh, hey, I've opened a path, or you know, I may need to move and put these in a certain way for it to show me the next path, or like I can put these together so I can walk onto the next one so that I can find another map piece. Um, so it's just a lot of like kind of puzzle solving and stuff like that, and it's really damn fun. Um, I breezed through the first like five levels and then the puzzles started getting kind of more obtuse um, <laughs> and a lot harder, but uh, I'm on the seventh chapter now and it's really good. It uh, looks, I love the, like the design art style. Of it. Yeah, yeah. The art style is really cute. It is. It's really fun. Um, it's awesome. kind of, it's really clever. It's really, you know, there's parts of it that are kind of funny and it's a really good game and nice. it's, it's on game pass. So it, uh, there's a demo on steam too. If yeah. you want to try it, looks like it's 20 bucks. Normally it has a very positive on steam. So that's a yeah. good sign. I'm really digging it. Nice. I might uh, have to give that a try. It's free. Essentially. I do like free. Uh, and then I started playing The Mummy Demastered, which uh, another podcast I listen to constantly talks about this game and how it was the only good thing to come out of that Mummy movie. Because um, it is based on the 2018? 17? If it was based on the Brendan Fraser one, I would already have owned this. Like, I Well, I mean, movie. they're all based on the same thing. Doesn't matter. I want Brendan Fraser and what's-her-name to be in it. Yeah, but... Uh, it's based on that, and like one of the reasons that I keep hearing you should buy things like this is that these are licensed. Like, <laughs> they lose that license, that game just disappears off of the shop. That's shops. fair. Um, you know, it was, I don't think it was ever a uh, physical release. So, like, kind of like the Scott Pilgrim game, you know, that it just could disappear because they lose license to that, and you might not be able to play this game. And so it was on sale for 10 bucks, and I thought I'd pick it up. And it is a really solid um, Metroidvania. Like, it's very super Contra-ish? solid. Yeah, uh, it's more Metroid. Like, it's very Metroid. Like, I have not seen the new Mummy movie, but Neither does it have a gun in it, do you think? So, it's not, you're not playing as Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. You're playing as, from what I can tell, kind of like a, I don't know if he works for like a military, you know, kind of thing, but you're playing as just like a guy in that thing. Um, you're, you're looking for other, you know, people, like members of your squad, essentially, huh. kind of thing, and you know... Uh, exploring this thing. So, as far as I can tell, like, there's no Tom Cruise character in this. It's a whole separate, you know, kind of thing. Interesting. Um, and it is a very good Metroidvania. Um, especially if you like, like, probably Super Metroid kind of thing. Yeah. That's, uh, the only thing I will say that has been kind of a pain in the ass is that, like, it has every Metroidvania trope that I absolutely hate in it as well, where, you know, like you exit a room and go back in, all the bad guys come back kind Ugh. of thing. So occasionally you'll clear away, hit a save, you know, and then go into a room to hit a save point and come back and all the bad guys are still there. There's that, and I don't even know if it's a problem, but like that, you you do it all the time in Metroid where you're, because there's a lot of verticality, so you'll be jumping up to, you know, stuff and jumping to that, and you jump and you, like, hit a bad guy, and because whenever you hit a bad guy, it does that, like, oh, or a bad guy hits you, it does that, like, pushback. Yeah. That, you know, sometimes you can just fall way too far. Uh, 
And like every one of those type of Metroidvanias had that. Yeah. Uh, yeah like yeah. on the SNES and NES kind of thing. But other than that, like it's really fun. I'm having a good time. That's awesome. Uh, I, you know, it's. I picked it up for 10 bucks, and it is totally worth probably the 20 that they're asking for it if you like Metroidvanias. Very cool. Yeah, that's a game I think I'll probably watch for on sale and, and take a look at because it looks fun. Yeah. I love Metroidvanias. I really do. Yeah. So, uh, this week, I Colby and I actually played a game together. Oh, yeah. I um, forgot about that. What's it called? Uh, Drake's Hollow. Drake's Hollow. It's not good. No. Um I'm really, really disappointed to say that because it it looks good. Like, it's it a really be pretty good. game. Yeah, and I think that's the problem with it, too, is with a little bit of tweaking to their formula, it could be a lot of fun. So th- the idea of it is is you are a person who's gotten sucked into this kind of alternate dimension. In order to get out of this alternate dimension, you have to raise up these little critters called drakes, I guess, I think. I don't know, little critters. And they give you, like gems that you can turn into other things and then you craft with them but there's also this other thing where all the drakes are like little stupid tamagotchis and you have to keep them like watered and fed and make beds for them and stuff and so the game has like two main parts of it one is to keep all these obnoxious little drakes alive and the other is to explore the furthest reaches of the map in order to find more drakes and more resources and so, like, the problem is, is if you don't go explore, you're never going to get past, like, level one of this game. But as soon as you leave, your drakes are like, oh, no, I'm so I'm hungry. hungry. I'm so thirsty. Could I'm you make me think, another bed? <laughs> I think I'm dying. And all the bad guys are like, oh, by the way, we're raiding your house in five minutes. There's a countdown timer. So you spend the entire game, like trying to find resources, then running back to try and keep them alive, and then trying to find resources, and it's just not fun. Um, and it's progression is really, really, really hard. Colby and I played for, I don't know, two hours, and I don't feel like we did anything. Like, we got the initial, like, it's one of those games where you have to get past the first quest in order to play multiplayer, and I think we did one more quest after that um we explored like five or six islands and just nothing um it like the entire time we were playing it i mean to tell you like the quality of this game the entire time we were playing it i think both colby and i were like man we should just be playing fallout 76 because that is a game that actually has like crafting and finding stuff that's actually enjoyable um i think this one if they got rid of the requirement to feed your little or just made it easier yeah it just wasn't fun. No. Um, I, I was very disappointed because it was a game that I... It's made by um, the Molasses Flood, I believe yep. is the name of the company. They're the people that made um, The Flame and the Flood, which is a really fun survival game. Um, and so I really was excited about it. And it just... it just I didn't enjoy it. It was really disappointing to get done with it and just go like, I'll never play that a game again. Like, just, just not fun. So, bummer there. Um, I played some more Ink and Fell. I'm I got to be really close to beating that. I think I'm on level I think there's 8 like acts in that game and I think I'm on or maybe 9 and I'm on 7 I think. So I'm getting pretty close to the end of that. I've put about 18 hours into it and god I love that. That actually Inkenfell might be my like game of the year for a game that came out this year. Um which is shocking to me. I don't understand at all where this game came from, but I'm having so much fun with it. The story is so good. Um the characters are super fun. I've really you have like 
I think I have six people in my party right now or seven people in my party, but you can only use three of them at a time. Um, and at any save point, you can switch them out. But I've got like these three that I just love. Like one of them kind of acts as a support character. Her, uh, and she's actually the main character, which is kind of weird. She's my support in this, in the way I'm playing though, where she can cast a spell that like makes your other two characters more powerful. And so like every move she has, I'll cast that spell on uh, someone else to make them more powerful. And then the other one of my players has a spell that can heal your other two characters and themselves, like almost every round, if you get them in the right configuration. And then the other one just has like this super powerful kind of DPS stuff. Um, and so like the combination of the three of them is awesome because I can I can buff my one character who does a ton of damage. The other one can heal all of us. It, it's really cool. Um, and I'm just really enjoying that game. It's it's very good. There's like some, been some puzzles that are a little bit obtuse, but nothing crazy. Um, it's super fun. And it's really disappointing. I'm getting to the point now in that game where I'm at level seven. And uh, you can tell by the achievements that not many people have played very far into it. Mm -hmm. Like every single achievement in for probably the last two or three hours that I've been playing have been diamonds, like 5% yep. of people. And man, I just, it's a game that I wish people, I wish people had played longer into it and beaten it because the story's really good. The story's really, really good. It, it was supposed to be like, they, they kind of, I understand why, but they, they kind of, said that it was, you know, it's like Harry Potter, like you're, it's a magic school and it's nothing like Harry Potter. Like Dumbledore is the bad guy in this game. Arguably Dumbledore might've been the bad guy in Harry Potter too, but it's another story. Um, but what are the creators uh, of Inkenfell's, uh, uh, opinion. On, well, uh, let's, let's put it this way. The difference between Inkenfell and JK Rowling's is like, I think like half the players you playing as in this game are non-binary and uh, at least some of them are LGBTQ. So like it, it's, it's definitely that kind of game. I'm actually like, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago is that I'm actually shocked that no one has come out and just like crapped all over this game because it's you know trying to be so progressive but it must it's just too like, small it yeah. must be too small it must be too whatever because it they capital g gamers haven't found it yet so i'm sure it'll happen at some point but there, it's there's really probably good. a woman in the new call of duty and they're pissed about that or something. yeah yeah <laughs> you got to give them something so but in Confel man it's so good um i also played a bunch more what's i wish i could remember the name of it and that's why i actually didn't talk about it but it's that game i've been playing on amazon luna um the Metroidvania, um, it doesn't matter, but I, I'm playing a Metroidvania on Amazon Luna and really enjoying it. I talked about it last week, so if you're really curious, I guess you could go back. Um, but I would, wouldn't mind talking about Amazon Luna a little bit more. Um, we're actually going to talk about it later in the podcast, too, because they've got some cool stuff coming. Um, it's uh, Iconoclasts. Um, Amazon Luna is great. Like It works incredibly well. I am just shocked at how good it is and because i haven't been able to play xcloud i don't know if xcloud works the same way but it it kind of gives me hope for those streaming services they really could at some point just replace gaming pcs like i could i can legitimately see a future where i have a pc that i use for work um that doesn't have a 700 graphics card in it and i can still play pc games um because that would be great. I would really love to just be able to have, or like have a, a low powered PC that plugs into my TV that doesn't cost, you know, $1,500 that I could play PC games on. And, and Luna so far has, and I, I guess maybe 
no one should be shocked about this because Stadia is actually really good. Like if you've played Stadia, it's really good. Um, but this is the first time I've been able to play it on my phone and it, it works. It just works. And it, like the cool thing was, is I was over at my dad's house on Halloween and uh, I guess I should say our dad's house. He says, Hey, um, and, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, check out this thing called Luna and just popped up on my phone, connected to his Wi-Fi, And we were playing games on my phone just immediately. Like there was no anything. And you know, he didn't care about Iconoclast because he's like, Oh, it's one of those like pixely side scrolling games. I hate these. I'm like, all right, you know, that whatever. Like he's got 250 hours into fallout 76. So I don't know where his taste in games lies, but you know, whatever. Um, but it's just cool. It was really neat to be able to to do that um, with a with a game that you wanted to show somebody. So I don't know. I, I I'm not gonna say that game streaming is the future, but I could certainly see a future where. I mean, I'm at a point right now where I'm going to be upgrading my computer in the next two or three weeks, but I'm going to do it because I need a better computer for work. Um, and I'm looking at buying a new video card, and it's really hard for me to say I'm going to spend somewhere between five and $600 on a new video card, like the price of a console for a new video card. Um, it would be cool not to have to do that. Like I, I would be, I would be fine not having perfect performance if I didn't have to spend $500 on a video card because like $6 a month of Luna goes for a really, 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 really long time into 500, like probably long enough that you would buy another computer before another video card before you would run out of money. You know, I mean, like what's that a year? Six times 12 is what? 84. So, whoa, I know. Look at that math. math. Look at that math. In case you're wondering how I did that in my head, I times six times 10 and then added another, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, I, I mean, that's six, seven years of loon of uh, subscription before you could actually afford a new video card. So I don't know. Um, it's cool. Like I, I'm not saying it's the greatest thing in the entire world, but it is certainly not bad. So, all right. Uh, before we move on to news, I want to talk about Extra Life for a little bit because this is actually the official Extra Life weekend. I don't think anyone is actually uh, Extra Lifing on our team this weekend, but maybe I'll maybe some, some people. Yeah, we could play some. Uh, currently, we stand at $5,631, which is incredible. Um, that's $500 more than our cur our last biggest uh, amount. Our goal is $6,000, so we're only like $370 away. $369, nice. Nice. Away from uh, our actual record, which is or our goal, which is pretty cool. So if someone wants to drop $369, that'd be great. Uh, but even if you can just give a dollar to our team, that'd be fantastic. I would love to, uh, I'd love to hit that $6,000 goal. Uh, you can go to Bite Me Pod podcast.com slash extra life to donate. Um, if you're streaming this weekend for our team, let me know. And we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely, uh, highlight what you're doing. And maybe, maybe you and I'll do some stuff in the morning on uh, Saturday and Sunday. It'd be cool. Um, but as it stands now, like I'm super happy with $5,600 too. That's an amazing amount. And I, I really appreciate everyone who has donated to us, um, and everyone on our team. So thank you for that. Um, and then there are our wonderful patrons who uh, donate to us every single month. And uh, we appreciate you, too. Uh, if you are not a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast and uh, donate a little bit of something, something to uh, keep the lights on over here. Uh, if you are one of our $10 producer level Patreon members, we shout you out every single week, which is what I'm going to do now. Shout out to Sean and Austin Palmer, the uh, the brothers who are someday going to take over this podcast. I'm just waiting. I like that they both in our uh, 
in our like Patreon reporting menu too, neither of them have pictures, and so they are both just cats, but different cats. One's kind of a, <laughs> an orange, uh, chunkier cat, and one's a very skinny, kind of lighter orange cat. So uh, Sean is the older of the Palmer brothers, correct? This is correct. Yeah, he's he's definitely the uh, the older, more mature looking cat in this case. So I think uh, we will refer to them as the Brothers Palmer from now on. Oh, I do like the Brothers Palmer. Uh, but in addition to the, like a movie. the Brothers Palmer, <laughs> uh, thank you also to John Tippins and Alan Schulte for uh, being producers every single month. Uh, they pay for the software that makes this podcast run and uh, have a home on the internet, which is fantastic. So thank you for Yay. being patrons. Again, go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast to support us. All right, Dylan, what is up next, sir? News. Vinny owns Carnev on the NES, in case you were wondering. So do I. Why? 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 Whoa. Whoa. There's a lot did of. Did that do that to you? It did do that to me as well. Whoa. I hope that that got recorded. That was cool. All right. Uh, news. So you you may have remembered Starfield. Do you remember Starfield? Because I, I barely remember, remember Starfield. Starfield. Starfield is. I don't know if it's the next game coming out from Bethesda. It might yeah. be the next next game. Is it or is Skyrim Six coming out first? Uh, it is. Okay, so Starfield is the next game coming out from Bethesda. If you have forgotten, that is a game you can get free on Game Pass at some point in the future because Xbox owns them now. So uh, Todd Todd Howard, who is like the, I don't think he's the head of Bethesda, but he's like, he's he's the guy that if you're going to talk to anyone at Bethesda, he's the guy you want to talk to because he actually like is compelling. Like when he gets on stage, like I feel kind of the same way about uh, Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer gets on stage. Like I'm happy to hear him talk because he's, he's outgoing. He talks really well. Todd, Todd Howard's the same way. He's an interesting guy. Um, Gave a little bit of information though. So the game is going to be 100% single player. There is no multiplayer at all for Starfield. So depending on how you feel about those things, maybe that's good. Maybe that's not, I don't, I don't know. Um, but it doesn't matter. 100% single player. Uh, like the Elder Scrolls 6, it will focus on procedural generation uh, to make life uh, a little more living in the game. So I'm hoping that that isn't procedural generation like uh, Skyrim was, where I took out the same bandit tower a hundred times before I realized that that bandit tower was always going to come back. I don't know. We'll see. Um, tell me how you guys feel about this. All right. So you've both played Skyrim, right? I have. Fallout 76 is four times the size of Skyrim, which already seems excessively large, right? No. Yes. Really? Starfield is going to be much larger (laughs) than Fallout 76. Do we really have time for, like, I put 120 hours into Skyrim. I don't know if I have, like, 400 hours for, for Starfield. Yeah, but usually those types of things don't, like, scale like that. I guess. I probably saw way more in Skyrim than you because I did a lot of exploring. And I only put 120 hours into it, too. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not... Skyrim, like, the Elder Scrolls series has always been famous for this. Like, every single one of them is bigger than the last one. I remember when... Oh. What was the... It was the probably the one after Arena, um, Daggerfall. 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 I remember when Daggerfall came out, their big thing was that it was roughly the size of the country of England. Um, and I'm just like, is that... Okay, whatever. I like. There, I'm sure there are going to be people that are super excited about a game that big. I'm not 
sure I'm excited about it, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not going to say anything, you know, whatever. Uh, they also confirmed that Bethesda is working on a complete engine overhaul that will be used for both Starfield and uh, Elder Scrolls Six. So I'm not going to say that the Bethesda en- engine is janky, but it's, it's, a, it's a little bit janky. I personally feel that that's part of its charm. Um, but my guess is a giantly monstrosity of a, a video game that is also partially, com- you know, partially procedurally generated will probably also still continue to be janky. So maybe you don't need it in the engine when the game itself will probably just bring forth that jankiness for us, right? Yep. Anyway, coming up soonish, probably the next year. Um, like probably end of next year would be my guess. You know, maybe uh, they said, I think he said, don't expect it anytime soon. But apparently he said the exact same thing about Fallout 4, I want to say. And it released within a year. So could be, could and be. I will say that the end of next year. Was oh, oh, you said the, the end of 2021. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I think you'll, you're, you're looking sometime between now and the end of 2021. So that'll be good. I'm excited for another big, big Bethesda game. That should be all right. Uh all right, so I talked a little bit about Luna earlier, and I'm a fan. It, it seems cool. And coming, <laughs> why are you smiling, Cole? I just, I'm a fan. I just figured that's where you I'm, were going to end. I'm a fan. That's the end of this news segment. And then, uh, so the Ubisoft thing. is renaming its subscription service. Uh, it used to be called UPlay. UPlay Plus. Geez, that's hard to say. And it's going to be rebranded as Ubisoft Plus, and it will be expanding into uh, the Luna Cloud gaming service and Stadia um, over the coming months. So the service is $15 a month, which is, it's expensive, but if you like Ubisoft games and um, you maybe haven't played all of them, it's not terrible. Or if, I mean, I guess the thing is, if you look at, I was going to buy Watch Dogs 3 and Assassin's Creed, that is $120 um, right there. And so, yeah, $15 a year is a little more expensive than that. But, you know, you pick up a couple other games and play them at the same time. It's not bad. So $15 a month. It uh, features 100 plus Ubisoft titles and is only for Windows PC uh, right now. It'll it'll start supporting uh, uh, Luna with a beta and you'll just like kind of link your two together. So if you already have, I guess that's what I should say. If you have an existing Ubisoft Plus account uh, that you're paying that $50 a month for, you don't also need a Luna subscription. It will just become accessible via Luna. So you'll tie your Luna account to your Ubisoft Plus account. You'll have access to your Ubisoft games inside of Luna. So no extra charge for that. And so that means that you can stream games on your PC via Ubisoft Plus. You can stream games onto your phone or tablet or wherever else via Luna. You've got all that stuff to play. Same thing's going to happen with uh, Stadia um, by the end of the year. So same thing. It'll you'll be able to just subscribe to Ubisoft Plus, and it'll become part of your Stadia subscription. And the cool thing is, you don't actually need Stadia Pro. You just need uh, the Stadia free version. So for fifteen bucks a month, you could stream all of your games to Stadia too, which is which is pretty cool. So um, I think that these kind of game streaming services are still. I think they might be a little early, like they still need to be baked a little bit, but I like the idea of being able to 
get I like the idea of Stadia that doesn't involve me having to buy games. Like I could see paying $15 a month for Ubisoft Plus and playing it via Stadia on my TV. Like I can absolutely see how that could work. Is that something you think you like you don't have a PC. So and, and a lot of those games come I think most of those games probably also come to Xbox, but would you would you be willing to pay $15 a month? I, I guess here's the other thing. Far Cry 6 comes out. You want to play Far Cry 6. You don't want to pay $60 for it. You could subscribe to Ubisoft Plus for a month, beat it, and not have to pay $60 for it. Is that something you think you'd do? No, probably not. You'd rather have the disc or uh, something yeah. like the disc? Yeah. I could very much see myself... Dry, like, cause, like Assassin's Creed Vikings or whatever it's called appeals to me, but I don't know if it $60 appeals to me. I could see paying... I could see paying fifteen dollars a month to, for a month to beat that game. When's the last time you bought one of those full price Cliff? Well, I mean, I bought Far Cry Five and the no, expansion no, no. for Assassin's Far Cry. Creed. Assassin's Creed never. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever actually bought an Assassin's Creed game. Um, I've played the last couple of them, but I don't think I paid for them. Maybe I did. I don't know. Um, I don't know. The Assassin's Creed Viking looks good, but Far Cry Six, for instance, like I, I, I am definitely going to play Far Cry Six. Um, it got delayed, by the way, coming out later next year. So, um, but I could see just paying fifteen bucks, or, or like Watch Dogs. Like Watch Dogs, that like looks interesting, but I'm a little soft on it. The reviews have been kind of mm, like I could see paying fifteen dollars for a month to to try out Watch Dogs Three if I had the time to do it. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's see. So Colby thinks that Me. machine learning is going to turn the Overwatch bot into some sort of horrifying racist that will probably start the next American genocide. It might. Luckily, yeah. Overwatch bot does not talk back to you. <laughs> I think it doesn't only... need to talk back. Someday it's just going to become sentient. It's going to learn how to talk back, Dylan. That's that's what machine learning is all about. As far and then as it's going to be tell. pissed you didn't let it talk. <laughs> so Blizzard President Jay Allen Brack. Um, do you think I should start going by C. Nolan Johnson? Do you think that would make me sound more CEO-ish? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, says part of having a good game experience is finding ways to ensure that all are welcome within the worlds, no matter their background or identity. Something we've spoken about publicly a little bit in the past is our machine learning system that helps us verify player reports around offensive behavior and offensive language. So this system has been in place in Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm. It allows us to issue appropriate penalties quicker, and we've seen an incredible decrease not only in toxic text chat, but an overall decrease in reoffense rates. A few months ago, we expanded the system into World of Warcraft's world of warcraft's public channels and we've already seen a decrease in the time disruptive players stick around by half we're continuing to improve the speed and the accuracy of the system so i think this is actually it sounds like it's working which is cool because i there are a few things in this world that i hate more than people that come into my games and try and make my experience worse um and i really like the fact that it, it sounds like it's not only working the first time but that it's also uh decreasing reoffense which is mm -hmm. i think really cool so I don't know how it works. I don't know what happens when people get banned. I knew I know they did say that uh, their ban lengths are getting longer. Like they're they're pretty serious about yeah. it. But that sounds like a win overall, especially considering. I mean, do you remember two years ago when we used to talk about Overwatch, Dylan? It was like this place is great, but it's just full of horrible, yeah. awful people. So I don't know. Yeah. Do you think it's a good thing, bad thing? I mean, it definitely seems like it's. I like when they're like, this seems to be working. Like, yeah. I just want to know that, like, hey, if it's working, go for it. Um, yeah. I had a thought and I it kind of slipped my mind, but it it was kind of reminding me I when 
we've been playing Valorant recently. Oh, sure. God, that game's good. And and I what I really really dislike is because like I can kind of understand when people they might be like tilting where like they actually get angry in the game and yeah, then yeah, they're yeah. like mean but it's like it's the people that you like just drop in your game and they're already just like screaming expletives uh-huh. and, and and it's like that's what i re- like because i can like not that people should have an excuse because they get angry but like at least i understand what's sure. going on i yeah. understand that they are frustrated and they're taking it out this way which doesn't make it right but again i get it yeah yeah but when someone drops into your game and and just just us saying inappropriate words for no reason, it's like, hey, that should just not happen. Because one word, we shouldn't be like that. I don't know why we can't just focus on playing right. the game. Um, but then it also reminded me, I think, it, I don't remember if it was the same game or if it was a game I shortly played after, where this guy just, uh, I think I mentioned this in the Discord one day, but I think I was playing with, no, I, I think I was playing by myself at that time, but like instinctually everyone, like the game started and we just all ran to the same point Sure. on defense, which is not a good strategy, right? If they decide to go to A, but one guy on our team decided that we were all bad because we are all going to the same point and no one else. And it's like, he didn't he didn't say like hey we should split up and it's not like anyone intentionally did that i think everyone just like they just started moving to the yeah, right yeah yeah cuz and it it happened and then and then he he just kept repeating that we were bad and we were terrible and we were bad and i was like and i finally had enough and i just like opened my voice chat and i was like yo stop like yeah. that's all i said was stop and then he was like you stop and then I just ignored him. But then I proceeded to just completely win us the game <laughs> and just dominated the other team so hard. And he was the worst player on our team, statistically. Not yeah. that that matters to me. Like, I don't really, I don't think stats really are a good indicator of how you perform in a game. But when you're the guy that's like being a troll, calling everyone bad, it's like, you better at least be good. Yeah, so. I... I actually think I hate people on my own team that are toxic worse than I hate people on the other team. Like I can, oh, I can ignore some dude on the other team that's being yeah. a dork, but man, like when they're on your team and they're toxic, there's nothing worse. Cause it's like, I'm here. I'm just trying to play the game. Like, and I'm willing to work with anyone to like, Hey, do we want to get better at this game? Like, yeah. let's try this strategy. Like I'm all about that, but it's like, you're not you're not really helping especially like, in an I, unranked public queue like for especially <laughs> and on. it's like and the guy's like you're bad and i was like yo this is my friend's first game yeah like yeah. like seriously like and he's doing okay so just back off like if you want to go play ranked games do it yeah and get I, a team get five and friends it, and in a ranked game like i'll allow a little bit more like if you're frustrated that we're shit in the bed in a rank game it's like okay yeah that's fair let's do better next time but you're just playing like casual game you don't know how many games any of us have played you don't know anything about us like like playing ranked like solo queue like anything can happen man (laughs) good luck (laughs) right good luck if you want to you have to be really good because that's how it works like in ranked you need to be so significantly better than everyone that you carry your team and that's how you rank up is like you are so good it doesn't matter how bad anyone else is i just they're video games people just have fun stop being toxic stop making your usernames stupid and 
racist or gross or whatever. Stop. Just stop. I hope this, uh, I hope this is something that Activision, like in a perfect world, Activision would take this technology and let other people use it. Like in a perfect world, they probably won't because it's Activision, but whatever. That'd be great. Maybe who knows. All right. Uh, speaking of Activision, um, if you ever wondered why video games have microtransactions, if you've ever been one of those people who are like, oh, I hate microtransactions so much, I don't understand why every game has them, and oh, I'm not going to buy this game because it has microtransactions. Um, Activision Blizzard revealed its financial results for uh, the period between July and like September. $10 billion? Uh, they only made $1.98 billion in revenue. Mm, um, you know. Up $1.2 billion from the same quarter in 2019. Uh, video games are a big moneymaker in COVID, in case you're wondering. Um, yeah, overall, they made $8.1 billion in 2020. So their their uh, reporting quarters must go like fourth quarter to fourth quarter, I guess. But whatever. They made $8.1 billion last year. $1.95 billion in the last quarter. $1.2 billion of that $8.1 billion was microtransactions. (laughs) So in case you're ever wondering why there are microtransactions, it's because someone, potentially you, is spending $1.2 billion buying crap in predominantly Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Warzone. So So wild. I I did spend like $1.1 billion. So (laughs) So you're the the whale that drove that up. It's wild. Another Activision... so it's crazy, bad. right? It's I don't. So crazy. I, as someone who does not buy cosmetics, as someone who does not buy microtransactions almost ever, like I mean, I might have spent I, I buy like DLC every once in a while. Like so, I've I've bought like car packs in Rocket League, but I don't think I've bought like a actual microtransaction in I don't know two years. Yeah. Um, I find one point two billion dollars in my transactions just absolutely insane um it's wild but i mean like riot is funding two entire giant games entirely via microtransactions so it is wild i'm kind of interested in that model as opposed to what we are traditionally just because games are a they're not finished when they come out and that's fine and they're never finished and that's fine so it's like i don't really mind getting a game for i don't know free or a lower price than maybe a traditional game is and and putting in money as i go like yeah. and if that supports them as a as a game developer so they can make the game like that's cool but i think i'm thinking we- like um specifically i think and i might have mentioned this but the deep rock galactic which yeah, i've been yeah, playing yeah. recently so that's why i'm gonna use an example came out on xbox today baby yeah i mean on game pass they when they do a new release, you don't pay for the new content, but they'll put out a cosmetic pack for sure. like eight bucks. And it's like, I'll buy that eight buck cosmetic pack because I, they just gave me this big patch with new content. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Cause it's like, if you can, it's like, if you can donate kind of yeah. thing. And if you can't, at least you still get to play the game. And I think that's, I think that's cool. And if it works, like I'm kind of in for that. Cause I, I'm happy to support, um, people that make games that i enjoy playing yep absolutely Um, so 
and it might get more people playing the game ultimately. It may be better for games. Yeah. Um, I think what you really want, though, Dylan, is probably the best of both worlds where you pay $70 for a game. It has a oh. huge amount of microtransactions, and then they add commercials. Like, that's actually right. what you want. I, d- though, right? I really want commercials in my video games. <laughs> I think that's ultimately what I the want. The thing you're missing. What if, what if, so let's say we have Call of Duty, right? And you play in this um war torn city right sure and google populates the billboards in the games with their ads like so you can buy ad space in those video games on like, the billboards and things you'd like Didn't to pretend that already that? hasn't happened yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely like one of the nba 2k games did i think right. where you could buy billboard space along yeah. the baseline yeah that's great but like Google just did it like their normal ads where yeah, they just yeah. like filled it like they just filled it in like it was a website. It's like just a full of page. a bunch of like, like ED medication. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to be great. Be uh, hilarious. Other Activision Blizzard news. Uh, they recently laid off and closed their entire Versailles France operation and then immediately announced that they would need to hire 2000 people to cover upcoming production demands. Surprise. So, yeah, I, I would I would guess that there's a very good possibility that those 2,000 workers will be employed in a country that has far less workers' rights than France does. I'm just guessing, though. Okay. Like It could be, okay. could, could be a possibility there, yeah. Uh, speaking of stock um, not doing what Activision Blizzard's is, CD Projekt Red stock has taken a monstrous nosedive over uh, the past like month or so. So it peaked in August where it was, uh, I think we actually talked about this episode ago, two episodes ago where you're like, Oh my gosh, CD project red is worth like $8 billion or something insane. Um, they, uh, with the announce that the game, uh, cyberpunk 2077 was being delayed, their stock dropped 25%. (laughs) Uh, they lost two point, 5 billion euros between August and today. Their share price went from about 116 US dollars to about 85. So that's a nosedive. Um, like, of course, this wasn't because, you know, they, everyone was like mad at them because they were making their workers work tons before Christmas. It's just because that game won't come out for a little while longer and they won't be able to recognize that revenue until mostly next quarter. So. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, stonks. Uh, but man, that's a lot of money to lose. Uh, we're going to talk more about CD Projekt Red and Troll Corner because they kind of suck. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth is uh, maybe a developed by a company that doesn't suck quite as much. Maybe maybe some. I don't know, but but not as much. So um, Friday the Thirteenth is a game that has been plagued by problems, and by problems I mean they lost the copyright to the characters in that game <laughs> because of uh, ongoing lawsuits around kind of the Friday the 13th franchise um and so it'll be receiving its final update this month uh november and uh unfortunately its dedicated servers will be shut down so for a lot of games that's kind of like this game doesn't exist any longer i'm sorry you bought this and you can no longer play it because there are no longer any uh dedicated servers but the good news is uh that the game will still be playable via peer-to-peer quick play and private matches and they're going to keep the servers up that uh house all player progression un- unlocks so you're not gonna be able to play via a dedicated server but you will still be able to play with your friends via a peer-to-peer connection which is not 
arguably as good as a uh, dedicated server. You're kind of then at the mercy of the people you're playing with and kind of where their computers are located and how their internet is. But it's better than uh, better than nothing, obviously. Um, the final patch is going to fix a bunch of uh, player issues that have been kind of ongoing forever, and uh, it's going to be soon, like uh, next couple weeks. So. I know, like, I know Vinny used to play Friday the 13th a bunch and, and really enjoyed it. I don't know if he's still playing it or not. The game's been kind of, it's been, it's had problems ever since it's Kickstarter, but it's, uh, it's nice that, it's nice that people will still be able to play it. It's nice that fans will still be able to play a game that exists entirely online that a lot of companies would have just said, like, hey, sorry guys, it's going away. Um, actually, I was reading yesterday that the, uh, you know that pop Gears of War game that they made? Like, yeah. where you could, yeah, that one's just, going offline like it's 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 just done oddly enough that was developed by the same people who make uh, um, uh not among us um that other really popular video game right now uh the one all guys yeah fall guys yeah metatronics i think is the people that made gears of war pop and uh fall guys so but that's just going away like you'll just never be able to play it again and you know if you bought uh like dlc or cosmetics in the last 90 days they'll refund it but that doesn't really help much when you won't be able to you know if you bought them before 90 days they just go away so oh well all right uh did you you said there was a silver lining was the silver lining just that you'll be able to play it still Uh, yeah because a lot of places are just reporting like up servers are going offline kind of thing and while that's true they're not putting out like a you'll still be able to play it peer-to-peer yeah yeah yeah. i think this is really cool actually like big big shout out apparently their publisher is gun interactive i don't know who the developers are but big shout out to them because that's something that they're still going to be paying money on that like running a database server even if it is just to track progression and unlocks and stuff still costs them money so like that's uh, that's a cool thing to do all right dylan hey yo Vinny, it's time for your question Vinny's question this month is a deep existential problem that i think we have all faced Mm. maybe not uh what do you do when you feel a lull of gaming um do you keep trying to find something? Do you find other some other form of entertainment? So I guess I would expand on this. Like, this happens to me where I'll sit down and just, like, it's not that I don't want to play games. It's just that, like, I can't figure out which game I want to play. Like, nothing I've been playing sounds fun. Um, new games don't sound fun. I can't decide on what I want to do. And, like, lately, it hasn't happened to me in a while. Um, but for the longest time, I could recognize that happening when I'm just like, I don't know, I'm going to just play Rocket League. I'm just going to sit down and, like, play Rocket League for two hours because I don't have to think about what I want to play. Um, does that happen to you guys where you just get like, you just can't decide what you want to do. You want to play something, but you can't decide what. And I don't know. I think it's yeah. actually probably a depression trigger. There's yeah. actually a, a really funny web comic, but I can I can never remember who did it, but I just remember seeing it. It's like, I don't want to play this game. Uh, maybe. No, I don't know if I want to play this game. And so that a couple times, maybe I'm just depressed. Yeah. And, um yeah that happens to me quite often um usually when i get done playing a really big game that i like yeah i have a very hard time like figuring out what i want to play after that yeah um usually what happens is i play a bunch of like two hour games or three hour games or four hour games um i found that that kind of uh works yeah that you know like you know sometimes i'm like i don't know what i want to play if i just i'm like oh this is a you know three hour puzzle game 
I play that, and I'm like, oh, that was really fun. And then I look and like, I wonder what else is like that. And I play games kind of based off of those. Yeah, I think so. that's actually that makes a lot of sense. And I like, I do actually think like I'm not diagnosing Vinny. Like I'm not gonna say that's your problem. But I'm like, going to diagnose Vinny. Yeah, I think he's apparently schizophrenic. Um, Ooh. but like I know that when I'm kind of depressed, like that is exactly what I get. Like games usually are what help me get out of that and sometimes like I just can't figure it out but I think that's actually what my suggestion was too is like if you haven't played it go play Firewatch Firewatch is a great game if you haven't played Oxenfree go play Oxenfree it's a great game if you haven't played Tacoma go play Tacoma um, what was that uh, what was that weird game like I beat it like maybe three weeks ago the Pick Pikmin Pick Pick Pikmin uh, not, not Pikmin not Pikmin um, Pico something Pico Pico Nico, yeah. That's like three hours. Super fun. Um, I mean, if you need three-hour games that you can really enjoy, Colby and I have played a crap ton of them. So I think that that's a really good thing. It's just like, go play a game. Go play Untitled Goose Game. Jesus. Everyone should go play Untitled Goose Game. Like, if that game can't get you out of whatever funk you're in, like, you should go see a doctor instead because that game's great. So how about you, Dylan? And that get that, that funk he- checked out. Yeah, get that funk checked out. Um, You know, I don't think this happens to me often. Um, I, I'm curious also if this happens more that we have so many games to play. Yeah. Um, because I don't ever remember being little and having one game and not wanting to play it. (laughs) You'd play it endlessly and you wouldn't care. But I think to some degree we have so many choices that it, Honestly, it's impossible that one of those isn't appealing to you. So, yeah, it's probably something else. I will say, Uh, yeah, there's a big difference to me between, for me personally, between, oh, man, I don't know what I want to play and decision paralysis, which is a completely different problem that I also face. So, Um, if I don't, I don't, hmm. I don't know if I don't feel like playing a game, I probably just do something entirely different. Going outside Um, is an option. Yeah. I don't recommend it, but like play a board game. I'll read a book. I'll go outside. Like there are bears out there, Dylan. I think I have enough, enough other things that I do day to day that when I'm ready to sit down and play a game, it's usually like I'll play a game or if someone's playing a game, I'll play it with them. Like I'm usually not like, I'm not like, Hey, I'm not feeling that game. So I'm not going to play it with you. Like if you hit me up, I'm like, I want to play this game. I'll be like, sure. I'll play that game. Like I don't, it's not really a feeling to me, I guess. I will also say, like, the other thing, like, I was kind of, like, the first part of the pandemic, like, I was kind of bummed. Um, like, there was the pandemic thing. I got laid off at the same time. Like, life just wasn't spectacular at that point in time. Um, for, like, I think it was for a lot of people. And I just played really long games on easy. Um and that was actually kind of nice, too, because they just became kind of like comfort food. Like, Final Fantasy fifteen is not a good game. Um, but I put like 65 hours into it because it was just that game that I could sit down. I was playing on easy, so I wasn't going to die. Um, and it had an okay story and I got to push buttons and kill things a lot. And that was, that was fine. That was 65 hours of time well spent. Um, when I wasn't feeling like really into anything else. So like, that's always an option too. All right. Uh, next question from the Dons. He says, you guys are planning a heist. What video game soundtracks are playing in the background during, before the heist, during, and while you make an epic getaway? So, uh, are you guys familiar enough with video game soundtracks to, to make this decision or are we going GTA? 
Just straight GTA. It's I mean, flock GTA of seagulls every time. I uh, see. I was gonna say like, who doesn't I love ran. listening to Convoy while you know running from the police? Ooh, Convoy is a good choice. I would say uh, Rip and Tear should fit in there somewhere. I'm not sure where exactly. Um, maybe during like during I could see like a a you know like as you enter the bank vault like the the Rip and Tear from the Doom soundtrack like pops on and like it's all slow mo Guy Ritchie like stuff i i could i could see that working yeah i was um, just thinking all doom until i'm getting away and then it's iran by flock of seagulls <laughs> i i would also say some sort of like i don't know i've played a lot of games that have kind of like 80 synth uh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know thing i think that would be also a hotline good choice. miami yeah hotline miami yeah, rad yeah. any of those i think are yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, most of the video game soundtracks that I listen to, uh, will got Austin Wintery. Yeah, like. will not fit into the the heist planning. Uh, and everyone know, in the heist is like, Cliff, we've heard enough about Austin, goddamn Wintery. We don't care. Like, Just listen to the Abzu soundtrack one more time. You'll love it. It'll you'll be so chill. I don't even know if we'll leave this bank vault. It'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. Uh, Princess Megan. So we have now reached level 11, November of the Jumanji 2020 Gobble Till You Wobble edition. Um, her puns are getting better every single month. Like, absolutely. It is also election day as I write this. <laughs> what are your predictions for this month, which will prove to be anything but ordinary, meaning the month won't be ordinary. Your answers could be if you want them to. So what are your predictions for what will happen in Jumanji November, the the zombie turkeys. Ooh, that's terrifying. Yeah, they're pissed that we've been eating them for a long. And there's like, have you ever have you ever like read an article that talks about the number of turkeys that are killed in November in the United States? Uh-huh. It's a lot, like a and shocking birds. They're big birds. They're not very mean, but like, but they are when they're zombies. Yeah. Do they just like peck your brains? Is that what they're trying to do? They got those talons and. Yeah, that wobbly bit on their face. I don't like that yeah. thing. I don't know what it's really, called. I'm really pushing for no turkey this year because uh, there's just so many better things you can eat. Yeah, I'm not a big turkey <laughs> fan either. Like, I turkey's okay. Um, I've had good turkey. I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. going to take that away from turkey. White meat or dark meat, Dylan? Probably generally dark. And Same. I like the smoked turkey I most think. of the time better. But I've had, like... Uh, a year or two ago, my brother made a really good turkey. And I was like, oh, okay, this is... Yeah, yeah. I, I've never had a smoked turkey. I've never had a deep fried turkey either. I kind of wish I'd tried both. But dark meat all the way. How about you, Call Dark or light? I like both. Turkey gets a little dry, so the dark meat, I think, is yeah. a safer bet a lot of the time. White meat with gravy is okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, Just uh, slather and gravy to be fine. Yeah, it's all right. We'll get through this. Everything's uh, slathered and gravy. But yeah, like, like a Thanksgiving mm. ham significantly better mm-hmm. than a Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather have turkey than ham. No, nah, ham is... Ham. I mean, I don't eat either of those. Um, my my traditional uh, Thanksgiving meal currently is tiki masala. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm team ham over team turkey any day. So, it's all right. Uh, what what uh, What is your November prediction, Dylan? I might eat biscuits and gravy. I think that's... At least I like one that that's day. your prediction. At least one day. What do you make them yourself? Uh, yeah. That Not sounds... the biscuits. I mean, I. It's possible, oh, but biscuits it's easy are enough super just easy. To, 
Yeah, but it's super easy just to. Do you put sausage put some, in your gravy? Yeah. Oh, sounds good. It's very good. Sounds I really make good. Good biscuits and gravy. That's solid. I might actually make it soon. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan looks at his watch. Maybe right now. Uh, let's see. So, what am I going to guess for November? It is my birthday. Um, so, it's a good prediction, Cliff. I might make forty-three. We will see. Um. But maybe not. I, I would say that based on the current situation in this country, uh, either I will make 43 or I move to Canada. Canada is also an option. Do you think Canada wants me? I've got me? money against you making it 43 Shoot. in Vegas. So. Uh, we did confirm with my boss today that he will still continue to employ us if we live in Canada. So I just need to just need to figure out a way to, to make that happen. So. Um, I also found out the other day that you can move to Nicaragua very easily. Like, and like, hundred fifty thousand dollars will get you a very nice house on the coast of Nicaragua as long as you're not too worried about things like cartels and that kind of thing. Um, Nicaragua apparently is way better now than it was in the eighties, but you think? Yeah, but you know, like that's that's a little worrisome. Um, we'll see. Uh, Princess Megan, second question is. Uh, as we draw closer to the launch of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, what game are you looking forward to playing the very most on those new next-gen systems? I don't think any of us are actually getting one of them, <laughs> so this might just be a, <laughs> in your head, pretend and tell me which game you would like to play the most. I'm not even sure I know like what games are launching uh, on those systems. So, Assassin's Creed Valhalla looks pretty, pretty cool. Um... I was really hyped. Oh, the 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 Paw Patrol game. That's absolutely. That's really, really I was really game. hyped for Cyberpunk, and I'm not saying I'm not still hyped for Cyberpunk, but like, the more crap CG Project Red does, and the more terrible things I read about their company, and the more like, the more people that post on my timeline, like you know, was was really this crunch thing, the thing that like kind of sent you over the edge because like here's all the like terrible anti-trans stuff they've done over the last two years, and you know all this kind of thing, and I'm like maybe I don't want to play Cyberpunk. I don't I don't know. I'm still kind of undecided. So I was excited about that. I'm slightly less excited about it now. Um, I maintain what I'm really super excited about on uh, next-gen consoles is being able to have six games open at once and to be able to switch between them and to have games with almost no load time. Like I'm I'm more excited about playing playing I think probably my current gen games really fast than I am uh, next gen so games. Fast. The answer is probably whatever is the first Xbox game to hit Game Pass um, <laughs> and have <laughs> Xbox Series X upgrade. They'll play twice as many games because you play them so fast. Like I kind of want to play Forza. Forza was already gorgeous on uh, Horizons 4 on uh, the Series X. Like I kind of would like to see that on uh, the Series S um, or the Series X. Um I probably will also play, uh, like, I'm not going to beat it again, but I would kind of like to see Ori. Um, like, I think they, it's going to have 120 frames per second support and, like, brighter colors and magic. So that, that might be kind of fun, too. So, Any other thoughts on uh, what you're going to play next gen? Eventually, maybe? I mean, Cyberpunk's probably the only game I I will see myself playing in the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'd not, there's nothing I'm really looking forward to i have heard until they announce a gta yeah yeah i'm there um i have heard rumors that if you don't have a series x that gamestop will have a limited number of consoles in stock in stores 
Um, it's like a couple per store. So that's an option. I've also heard that they will be opening uh, additional stock online, not GameStop, but other companies will. They actually did hold some back. So if you don't have one now, like November 10th, maybe is the day to think about trying to get yourself one. So, okay. Um, I didn't really realize that GTA kind of skipped a generation there. Because they just oh yeah it did it just relaunched, relaunched their yeah. game on the I guess huh. when, when you only bring out a game every ten years that's yeah what you, happens. every once in a while if it lands at the end you're not going to see one yeah. until well hopefully that's kind of the beginning of this one maybe in the first yeah, year that'd be great two. I'd love a new GTA game um, all right so we've now entered the pancake portion of our podcast Ooh, my favorite portion yeah 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 so everyone here likes pancakes right like yeah. okay what is your favorite type of pancake so. Um, waffles. I would say, <laughs> are, are waffles a pancake? I mean, you just—it's a pancake in a waffle iron. I mean, I think, it's, I think it's a fair argument to make. I have pancake batter that I can use for. Uh, yeah. Have you? So this is something Dylan will know. Um, so you know uh, who is who is it? Fishers that makes the scones at the fair here. Yes. Have you had their waffle mix? I don't think so. So they make, uh, you can get it at Costco out here, presumably, maybe other places too. And it's actually to make their biscuits at home, but they have a recipe on it to make waffles instead. And Uh, it makes the best waffles you've ever had. They are fantastic. Mm, I do like waffles. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, So Colby's favorite type of pancake is um, a waffle, (laughs) which... If I have to choose, I'm going to go with Swedish. Swedish pancakes. I like pancakes. They're not my favorite. I prefer waffles and french toast over pancakes yeah well pancakes would never be i would never like go to a restaurant and just order pancakes like ever i did but i like them as a side yeah to me like i want i want an omelet with a side of pancakes i like one time i think i think i was super sick or something i i can't remember something with my mouth i can't remember if i burn that's what so you know when you burn your like roof of your mouth yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know it's just kind of sucks for a couple days yeah, yeah, yeah. i had that but i was also sick Ugh. and uh i just felt like garbage and i just wanted something like that i could eat that was just easy yeah. and whatnot and i'm like pancakes but like smothered in syrup so that the syrup like goes into the pancakes yeah. and makes them syrup pancake mush yeah and uh I went and got pancakes then, and that's when I went to Verge's, and I'm like, I'll get the three stack. They're like, are you sure you want that? And I said, yes, of course I want three pancakes. I can eat three pancakes. (laughs) Are you sure? I'm like, have you seen me? Like, do I not look like I can put away three pancakes? And they brought me out, like, pancakes that were, I don't know, roughly... Like a serving platter, um, (laughs) but three of them that were, like, I don't know, an inch thick each, and I'm like... Oh, goddamn, oh, I should no. listen to you guys. Like, I can eat three pancakes that are that big. The uh, Colby and I used to go to this breakfast place called uh, Last Outpost Cafe, which sadly I closed. Last Outpost Cafe so much. Um, but if you got a side of, like, so, you know, you buy an omelet, you buy a skillet, you buy whatever. The, it comes with a side of French toast or pancakes. And if you got pancakes, they bring you out, like, a monstrous pancake. Like, it was huge. But if you got French toast, it was six pieces Four of pieces? french toast or something like yeah. i'm like no like yeah yeah it was like i'm gonna eat yeah. this and i'm gonna skip lunch because i am not was, gonna be hungry for lunch it was four pieces of toast is yeah, what yeah, i'm yeah. saying yeah, yeah cut so in half eight, yeah. Pieces. eight pieces of french yeah. toast yeah and it was like yeah, thick texas toast oh god that place is amazing anyway moral mm. of the story is i love breakfast what's your favorite kind of pancake dylan 
all of them. Yeah. I like Swedish pancakes a lot. Um, they're kind of a, a tradition in my house, I suppose. That Swedish pancakes on Christmas might be the only tradition my family has at all. Like, I can't think of another one we have. And that, that one's... Uh, Something we do. And like Swedish pancakes are one of those things that if you've never cooked them before, there's a skill to it. Like it took me a couple of years probably to really perfect making Swedish pancakes. So which is kind of like a crepe or a German, not a German pancake. Um, those are also very, if you guys ever had German pancakes, the ones like yeah. it's like 35 eggs and you put them in the oven and they turn into like a surfboard. They're delicious. Yeah. We also have the tradition of like getting sick, but dying at like 95. Yeah. So. Yeah. That is also true. I'm guess I'm hoping to keep that one up maybe um hans actually did say uh corn pancakes have you ever had like a cornmeal pancake mm-hmm. those are delicious yeah, good. super good i have you ever had a potato pancake i have Lot- they're also they really good latke latkes yeah also very good i uh i really want to try the like i think you mostly see them on the internet on like tasty videos the like wiggly pancakes like the japanese cloud pancakes yeah, those yeah. look delicious uh, but they also look hard and time consuming so i gotta find somewhere that serves them because i want to eat those all right alan s uh wants to know what is your favorite topping for pancakes or waffles mm, all of them syrup do you i like maple syrup like like pure maple syrup. more than anything so but i like different i like all kinds of stuff and see and we actually talked about this in the discord and i don't like maple syrup really um, I it, you know it's it's okay I think but like I just had like to me growing up I associate the flavor of syrup with like Mrs Butterworth or like yeah log well you gotta cabin. buy good syrup oh no no and that's what I'm saying is I've bought like expensive maple syrup and I just don't like it very much um, it's okay it's so bizarre yeah like it's fine but I would way rather have like I don't know corn syrup that's flavored maple um, I just it's okay. It just it's just not my my favorite thing. So I'd rather take an ego and cover it in expensive real maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Than the other way around. Like I get it. Like I, I'm I'm I understand why people like it. It just it's not for me. It's it's okay. That's so good. Yeah. So good. Um. So, like when we make Swedish pancakes, we put strawberries and whipped cream on top of them, which is really good. Every time I go to, and I've not been for, like, I don't think I've been to one since I moved here, but every time I go to um, IHOP, I look at their pancakes that have fantastic toppings on them. They all look amazing, and then they never are. So I like the idea of IHOP pancakes. Is that uh, that's why that you got to go to the original pancake house. place? Is good. There's one of those here. I really like their pancakes, but I always get their. I really like their omelets too. So. <laughs> You get pancakes with that, don't you? Mm-mm. You get... I don't think so. I thought you Maybe. got pancakes with that. And oh, you can, no, you're right. Yeah, and you can sub in the, the, the You can ones. sub yeah, in yeah, any yeah, pancake yeah. you want. Yeah, those are good. I went to a... I think it was a Danish restaurant in Canada um, that had... I, I don't remember what they're called. It's like a pancake that starts... I'm going to say with a P, but I guess pancake starts with a P, too. Um, but they're like the size of a plate, and they come with all sorts of fruit and stuff on top of them. Those are amazing. We got one that had like... like 10 different fruits on top and then one that was like a lemon powdered sugar kind of thing. They were amazing. I don't know what they're called, but I think it was, I think it was Danish food. It was real good. Um, Big Chappie wants to know, what is your favorite side dish to go with pancakes? Pancakes are a side dish. That, that was my argument. I, was, I would rather have pancakes as the side dish than, uh, than a side dish with pancakes. But I mean, like, I guess like, I don't know, sausage. Yeah, sausage is good because then you can put the the maple, maple syrup, syrup yeah. onto the sausage, mm-hmm. but that also works with bacon. 
Yeah. So. I prefer sausage. Um, I like breakfast sausage. Yeah, it's good. Already has the maple in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess maple I would say maple. my favorite side dish for pancakes is like an omelet. Uh, <laughs> eggs Florentine. Um, I, I, I would go with. I'm going to go with French toast. Wow. Because I can never choose. So I just get both. I like hash browns a lot, too. Kind of sad the place that uh, served French toast that was battered with um, uh, Captain Crunch closed during the pandemic, and I never got to try it. That's disappointing. It also sounds delicious. Do you remember those hash browns? Do you remember when you came out to Seattle like maybe four years ago and we went to that fish restaurant and we got that like hash brown appetizer that was like hash browns and sour cream? It was just like a big giant plate of hash browns. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. I'd eat that on the side of some pancakes. I don't know why it was an appetizer at a fish restaurant, but whatever. It was good. Anyway, moral of the story is pancakes are delicious. Um, Unless you guys have any other thoughts, I think the pancake portion of the podcast is over now. So sad. Ask me waffle questions next time. Waffle questions next week. We'll enter the waffle question. What's the best kind of waffle? We could... We could do like a breakfast corner. Do you Ooh. butter every hole in your waffle? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Same. And then you get syrup in every hole. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Are you pro or uh, con Belgian waffles? All waffles. Are they waffles? Yeah. Right. I like Belgian waffles a lot, though. Like maybe more than I, regular waffles. Honestly, my waffle maker is a Mickey Mouse waffle maker, so there actually are no holes, which is kind of unfortunate. I have you can slather it in butter and syrup just fine. I have one that makes little heart-shaped waffles. I have one that makes dinosaurs, I think, and then a, a Belgian waffle maker that Brooke got me for uh, Father's Day a couple years ago. So I've got the Willet Waffle Book. Oh, I want to do um um. Tater tots in the waffle maker, real bad. But it seems like they'd be a kind of a pain to clean out. I don't know. Ham at first and call it good. Yeah, I'll be fine. All right. Anyway, uh, on to cheap free games and off of breakfast foods. I'm starving now too. Uh, Epic Game Store this week was supposed to be a different game. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was not Dungeon Three. And then like halfway through the week, they're like, "Hey, it's going to be Dungeon Three instead because the other game that was supposed to be free didn't get finished in time." Uh, so Dungeon Three is the latest installment. Is that a problem? <laughs> In the popular dungeon series of strategy games, build and manage your own dungeon, recruit monsters, and place cunning traps. Dare to conquer the vast overworld in a comprehensive story campaign. Those uh, sounds kind of fun. I could get behind that. Actually, I like that idea. Yeah. Games with gold did not get announced last week because Xbox hates me. Uh, so we're going to talk about it now. Uh, on the Xbox One, Aragami Shadow Edition. I don't know anything about that. A game called Swim Sanity. And I said it that way because it actually has an exclamation point in the name. So that probably makes it good. I, I downloaded the first one. I I'm curious what about called. what Swim looks, Sanity is. Swim Sanity. Like, sort of. Um, maybe. Let's see. It, swim. It is a multiplayer underwater shooter with action-packed co-op and versus game modes, all supported by online and local play. You play as uh, a hero, Muba, who uses a variety of unique power-ups and weapons to survive in this aquatic world. It looks kind of looks kind of fun, like I don't know, Castle Crashers, but underwater maybe. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Also, they are bringing out Full Spectrum Warrior, which is an OG Xbox game that I have not played, but Colby says is very, very good. I own it. Colby on the OG Xbox owns it. Um, and Lego Indiana Jones, which is actually the very first video game that my son beat when he was only three. So it was a. I will not say that uh, 
that process was frustration free. That would be a lie, but we did it. Uh, the Lego games are all good. That's an Xbox 360 backwards compatible game. Uh, Twitch Prime this month, uh, you're going to get a Knight's Tale, uh, Orion, Legacy of the Cory Odin, uh, Lethus, Pass of Prog- Path of Progress, Smoke and Sacrifice, and Victor Vran Overkill Edition, which Colby was a big fan of. Oh. Victor Vran is awesome. Yeah, Hunter of Demons, and that's uh, the Overkill Edition. I think is actually like the that's got the Lemmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. So, uh, pretty good thing on Twitch Prime. Obviously, you have to have uh, an Amazon Prime account to get those for free. If you have one of those, you should go to our podcast or our uh, Twitch stream or Vinny's Twitch stream or Hans's Twitch stream and give us that five dollars a month. Like that would be cool. Uh, Troll Corner. So. You probably we've talked about it a little bit the CD Project Red uh, crunch situation. Um, and I say it that way probably because it's uh, it's not good. Um, a lot of them have been crunching for years. We're talking sixteen hour days, six days a week. Um, a lot of them are not getting paid overtime for it because of like Poland's wacky overtime laws. A lot of a lot of bad stuff. People not seeing their families coming into Christmas. Um, the President, I believe, the, the 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 head of CD Projekt Red, I don't know his name, Adam hmm, Kikinski, I guess, on an investor call was uh, quoted as, regarding crunch, actually, it's not that bad and never was. Of course, it's a story that's been picked up by the media and some people have been crunching heavily, but a large part of the team is not crunching at all since they finished their work. It's mostly about QA and engineers programmers but it's not that heavy of course it will be extended a bit but we have feedback from the team they're happy about the extra three weeks so we don't see any threats regarding crunch um immediately after that he was forced to send out this email to the people that actually work at cd project red dear all from the bottom of my heart i would like to apologize to everyone for what i said during tuesday's investor conference call i had not wanted to comment on crunch yet i still did and i did it in a demeaning and harmful way uh, truth be told, it's only now when the stress connected with the delay decision on the call itself is lifting that I'm fully realizing the true extent of my words. I have nothing to say in my defense. What I said was not even unfortunate. It was utterly bad. For that, please accept my most sincere and honest apologies. I always will and am still proud of the heart and soul you put into what you do every day. Yours humbly, Adam. If anyone wants to talk to me directly, I'm in the boardroom on the fourth floor and on Slack. I think that last part was a threat. Um, anyway, CD Project Red sucks. Like, I wish I could say that they don't, but they just do. Um, you know, whatever. Like, I guess just, just keep that in your head when you go to buy a game off GOG or buy Cyberpunk. Like, I'm not saying I won't buy it. I probably will. Like, I'm weak. But, like, God, they suck. <laughs> they suck so hard. You guys have any Never. thoughts? Some of the guys might suck, but all the people that spent the hours making the game. Absolutely true. Do not suck. They don't suck, and they need your support. That so. is I mean, true. some of them may suck. That's true. Know. Some of them may suck. Yeah. And the one thing I will say. Statistically. The one thing I will say is if you're going to buy Cyberpunk, like if you are going to buy Cyberpunk at any point in the future, buy Cyberpunk. It's, I think it's coming out December 10th now. Buy Cyberpunk between December 10th and December out. 31st. Um, absolutely buy it in those 20 days because everyone on that team is getting profit sharing, but only for sales in 2020. 
So if it's a game you think you are going to purchase and you want to support the actual honest-to-God developers on that game, buy it in the first 20 or so days of release because that is when those people will actually be able to get a little bit of something for the some of them years of sacrifice they've been making. So that's, that's I guess, one way to think about it. Um, anything else before we wrap this up? It's pretty awesome that they get profit sharing, but then their game gets delayed until like yeah. 21 uh-huh. days before <laughs> instead of the, you know. Yeah, the month and a half they had half. before. Mm. There would be people that would cynically say that that was on purpose. I, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, whatever. All right, you can find us at bitemepodcast.com. A good friend of mine, Rich, actually uh, volunteered today to update that for me which is great because it hasn't updated in like a month he's like just give me access to it and like your show notes and i'll do it for you so big shout out to rich thank you sir <laughs> uh you can find us on facebook at facebook.com twitter at twitter.com this is Insta- how the palmer takeover begins Cliff. shoot the, so, right is the are the palmers funding rich yep shoot i knew this was gonna happen it's a conspiracy oh, man i'm gonna log into squadcast next week and it's just gonna be two palmers and rich and i don't know what either of the palmers yeah. look like but you know, Rich and Colby look pretty similar. I don't know if I'll be able to tell the difference. And by that, I mean they're both like bald guys with a goatee. They don't really look anything alike. I don't have honest. a goatee. I don't think Rich does it's now a full either. Beard. I think I think Rich actually has a. I don't. I think he's clean shaven I've now. Seen, I've seen Rich. He looks absolutely nothing like me. I'm not very good at faces. Call. I'll be honest. Are you, are you face blind? Like, I, until a second ago, I don't know. I see. I see a human. Uh, until a second ago, I thought you had a goatee. I'm looking at you right now on video, so I did not actually think that. Anyway, I haven't had a goatee in like 20 years. Uh, 20 years. <laughs> Facebook.com, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash Bite Me Podcast. You can find us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Bite Me Podcast. You can find us on Discord, Bite Me Podcast.com slash Discord. Donate to our Extra Life campaign at Bite Me Podcast.com slash Extra Life. I nailed it. Dylan, woo! Thank you, mm. thank you. Bite me. Bite me. Bite me.